Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Ola Dimeji Gray, and here I am with Shoni Tosesodik. Yeah, he's it's, it's a an advocate for clean environment and sustainable development. So we are here to talk about building mental health conversation culture in Nigeria homes. So, Tosin, um, what is mental health to you? Um, mental health to me is like well-being, state of mind in which one develops itself. Like, can I, I um, face what's going on in this society, or how do I react to what's going on in this society? And you know, speaking from your own experience, talking about your own family, how has that kind of conversation been like for you? Um, <clears throat> to be honest with you, I never really had this. I don't think I've ever had a mental health conversation with my parents. Um, you know, there are sometimes you try to like express yourself, and there's, there's this there's this Yoruba culture that feels if there are limited things you can discuss with your kid, or you know, you sometimes you're trying to engage my, uh, your parents, and they, they they give you this kind of attitude like, what do we even have to discuss? All you uh, all they just need to do is just to care for you, provide for you. But I think mental health. It's really because they don't really know much about it. Yeah, you're right. Like, uh, like you mentioned now, the Yoruba culture and the likes now, of course now. It sounds like, how do we, how do we explain this? Like, for me, I rock me. Like, I have mental, like, I have a mental health issue. You know, it gets, it becomes so spiritual that like, ah, it's really, it depends on whatever, whatever kind of religion you you are in. But like, okay, let's take you to this social person, and this is not exactly what you need. Probably you're going through a personal struggle in school, or probably you're going through bullying in school and with your friends and the likes, and a lot of this kind of pressure, you know. The same thing I mentioned about unwanted pressures from parents, and like they have these demands, like even without mentioning it to yourself, you've carried it already. So, and you know, all of this thing adds up to the whole mental health conversation that we need to have. Like for me now, mental health is just the basic thing. For every other activities to happen for human beings, because I believe in one thing: if your head is not okay, your body can never be. Because if the there's a really matters. if there's if there's a problem with if there's a problem with the brain, the whole body will tell. So it means your brain would stop telling you what's going on. You hardly feel pain. You're same as the whole mental health conversation looks like. And you know it's so sad that that you know this kind of conversations have not gone round Nigerians that much. Except for the well-led ones and you know our upcoming parents, so I just I just feel you know building that kind of culture. How do we go about it? Because all we just all I just noticed is we've been talking and talking about mental health. Like everybody knows what mental health is. We talk to the average student out there to tell you what mental health is. What is it? What what is it exactly? How does it play to you as an individual? To you yourself? Like you know how do you influence people in your own house in your own Social circle to talk about it. Okay, <clears throat> I think uh, foremost there is a general misconception for mental health. Okay. So when an average um, Nigerian hears about mental health, the first thing that comes to their to their mind is depression, suicide, or anxiety. I guess so. But it's high time we start discussing about mental mental health. It's, it's more of a well-being, not an illness, because. If we are saying um, mental health, we should be talking about the well-being of the person. Of course. Not just illness. Mental health is more of well-being. So, me being okay, me having 
this mindset that I can do this, I can face the uh, challenges that, that, that the society is bringing towards me. You know, me, me being able to convince myself I can't do this or I can't do this. There are two different things, I guess. So I need to be able to assure myself I am up for the task I'm facing. Of course. So this, if it's positive, you know, you excel, and if it's negative, then you start feeling maybe it's low self-esteem or um, your uh, esteem start degrading and you feel you're not up to par with your mate and depression comes in and we all know about most of the um, effects of mental health so I feel to to um, integrate the idea of mental health conversation into families both in um, urban and rural areas we have to let them know what mental health conversation is. We have to understand it because you can't teach or preach what you don't know. I get it. So you have to like understand. The, the, uh, it's not even a matter of you because you know it already. Mm-hmm. The, Niger- the average Nigerian society have to know what mental health conversation is. When we raise awareness for it, talk to them about it. Let them know why mental having a mental health conversation with their kids is important. Then they will start doing it. But if they don't know the effects of you, they don't know how important it is, they will not appreciate it. Yeah, I get it. Do you have any personal experience of when you could have spoken to your parents about a particular issue? But then, knowing for the fact that you know mental health conversations now, you know what mental health is and you know the importance, do you have any personal experience where you feel, you know, despite all this knowledge available for everybody, I wish I could talk about my, to some of my parents about certain things, especially relating to school and you know personal issues? Um, very good question. Um, actually, I I've never really had any um, real challenges when it comes to my academic performance. But there's this my Arabic studies where you know I I didn't really start early. Most kids start by age three, four, and then by the time I started, then it was like age nine, ten. Mm-hmm. So it was like my age mates were far ahead of me, and then I was. So it felt like my age mates were fired of me and um, I was really lagging behind. So I wanted to cope, I wanted to adjust and you know, trying to assimilate or combine academic performance and Islamic um, knowledge. It was really difficult for me and you know, when they start to compare me with another kid like um, to see oh yeah, you're still here and then you, you are here to like finish maybe the, your Quranic class and your other guys are already on the added part. And I'm like, this is way easier for them. They, know, they understand the business better, better than I do. And I feel it's easier for kids to like learn things better than me that I'm already going to my adolescence age. So, um, like I have a question, yeah? Okay. The long-term effect of this kind of conversations, like, you, I'm sure you have friends that will have gone through mental health issues, knowing that, okay, they could have had this kind of conversation with somebody they know within their family or probably because of the trauma when it comes to sexual abuse physical abuse and you know so many kind of forms of forms of abuse what are the kind of long-term effects this kind of conversation will have on would have had on children and that would have later become our kind of age mates now or what kind of effect it will have on children growing forth from this kind of generation right now um, this discussing about mental health in families at the long, uh, long time end, it will help the kid and developing self confidence, yeah. And then 
it will be easier for the kids to start a conversation with anyone it will be easier for them to open up but when we see kids that um, have been maybe um, sexually abused physically abused and then they were unable to open up to anyone they, they tend to become more um, sad and most times you know they are the one doing the um, bad things in the society because they feel this is how it should be and then they can't even express their own feelings to anyone I get you so I, I, I feel it's better for parents to start talking to their kids about it already so they can open up about it and when they are trying to like open up to them like I said already in, in our Yoruba culture mm-hmm. assuming maybe um, my uncle is um, molesting me mm-hmm. and then I try to tell my parents about it they'll be like no 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 it's your no, uncle he they can't won't do believe that you they won't believe uncle, you I guess. They, it, they make it sound like you're cooking up a story yes so I think that alone is even more degrading than the story you're bringing in because you feel like no one in the world trusts you like if your parent can't trust you or maybe your guide and who you confide in your guide and who you trust someone you feel you, you can pour out your mind to and then they, they, are, they, they are answering you like are you crazy do you even know what you're saying do you know who that man is or who, who that woman is to you it, it makes it, it makes you sound, sound stupid and then they take your words for granted you know you just lose it over there and then most times you even open you, you, you even offer yourself more to your own like just do what you would do and let it seem fast nobody's going to believe me and it will be strengthening the corporate to even do more mm. because, because by then the corporate will be telling you oh you've done your worst you told your parents you did this you reported into this oh, what can they do and this time are we going to do more so it can even turn the kids to an adding criminal ah, yeah very true very true so I, I think we need to give um, room for conversations even though the kids are not even trying to you know, bring the conversation up there are ways in which um, parents can try to make the kids feel like you can tell me anything yeah uh, like for me personally I when we talk about building mental health conversations in family we of course know that religion is one, one of our deep-rooted problems here because yes. every single issue has been attributed to religion we are not saying there's no spiritual aspect to all those kind of areas but when you saying there are some things that present itself as physical as it looks but then we all take target to something something behind it something uh, super supernatural behind it like now when we talk about um, a child going through issues in school are we talking about bullying and you know you, you notice your child coming no man you know it's not fucking like usual it's always quiet and you know over time this kind of situations play in that child and you know, when the child grows up to become and to become a responsible adult in society when it comes to situations like that or when it comes to a situation where somebody's shouting at that person they can't be able to stand up for themselves and these are kind of things i am actually talking to about with our age group and you know social groups and like people we meet every day that we actually need to be better than our parents because look me i don't blame them it is just the chain of the way they are being raised these conversations are not present there but you know some of them we are fortunate to have knowledge about this kind of things yeah evolution keep um, of course of course so I, I, I think we have to like move to trend the world the world like two thousand years ago is different now it's just like technology there was no technology before now there's technology by using our cell phones so because there was no cell phone the other time then i approached the city and with the cell phone they were really lagged behind mm-hmm. so 
I feel parents should not try to raise their kids the way they, they were raised because there were things that are available now that were not available, available then. then, yes. And then there are sickness, there are issues, there are, um, <clears throat> there are events occurring in our own age that did not occur then. So we should be able to train them and prepare them according to their own age. Okay. Now, so another question here. Okay. Still on building the mental health conversation culture. Now, let me present this thing for you. Somebody is giving you a contract. You are to go within, go to a community and try to build this kind of culture. How will you go about it? Okay, it's <clears throat> pretty easy. It's pretty easy to me. Um, I feel one of the best ways to um, advise to pass information within the local community is to, to go through their um, traditional rulers. Yeah, yeah, the ballets and the likes. The ballets, the overs. They, they, have, they have this chain of Command, network. Yes. They have this chain of network in which they are passing information around. Then we, I, we, can, we can also integrate this conversation through the uh, maternity homes. Mm. Because the um, mothers in each family, they like the bedrock of whatever you are bringing. If they don't accept it, it's pretty difficult for you to like um, integrate it into the home. Okay. So I feel why they go for the maternity uh, lectures and uh, maybe um, enlightenment. You can uh, at the same time you can start chipping the discussion of mental health in their family. So they they, they, they just tell them this is how you give birth. After giving birth, you should be able to train kids like this. You should be able to have, um, you know, heartfelt to heartfelt conversations. Not just you try to like still understand that you are the mother, and then whatever you say is what he or she must do. Yes, so right. you should be able to understand the kid. You should be able to know, okay, like hey, let's open at me this way. It means something is going on. You should be able to understand. I I, I feel the kid does not does not really have to like. Open his mouth before you know there's something okay, wrong. You know. So we should be able to press, press on like we can have this conversation. Let let them feel loved. Let them feel like there's nothing they can discuss with you. Coming to an end of our discussion here. So final words to families out there, to the growing generation. I have an example for me personally. I do tell friends with the way I was raised up. I wasn't, I wasn't raised up to the extent of where. I can openly talk about my problems, especially when it comes to school. I've had academic issues, and you know, it becomes disappointing knowing that I have a challenge to meet. And you know, I can't open up and talk to my friends. Like, okay, what's going on? And it ended up being like, I, I, I didn't know your mates. You do have two words, and every every child has yes, their different yes. learning struggles. You compare it. Yeah, so people learn yeah, at different pace. Some learn very well. Without even assistance, me I've had I've had assistance. Almost lesson teachers have been teaching me right from primary school, and at the end of the day, I still end up making it more than those that you know that kind of thing. So I, I actually said to myself, looking at how I was raised, no fault to my parents at all. They've done a wonderful job, and they are still doing a wonderful job. When I have my own kids of my own, I have to make them my friend first because. That was one thing I noticed because it's now getting late into my life where somebody's trying to make me their best friend to be able to talk about this and I'll be like, this thing is too late. 
uh, but then nothing is just no bridges cannot be there's no bridge that cannot be repaired so my own kind of um, control is for me to build a friendship connection with my child when I come back from work maybe come here what did you what did you do to do in school today yeah, come and just me about this kind of stories like you know create this happy environment where kids come and talk to you to come and tell you exactly what happened what if your teacher did something to you in class and you know teachers uh, has threatened that child if you talk i will beat you and if you go and tell your parents i will deny it you know those kind of things are you know if your child doesn't trust you those kind of threats will work on them but the moment they know that that is my number one savior there's nothing that can happen that that can happen around that child's surrounding and the child will come back home and say so my own kind of advice is this parents will actually build this friendship culture with their children to be able to understand how they can integrate this mental discussions with my conversations you know sitting down your, your children and asking what's going on with you what's uh, what can we talk about do you have any struggles you're going through talk to me and if it means seeing a professional a therapist and the likes let's do about it I that's, that's just basically my own opinion what uh, yeah I totally agree with you but I think we are thinking alike though it's better if um, you know, each family have this um, family time mm. so I think family time we promote this you know, the more there is this family time this um, family gathering it doesn't have to be extended just this nuclear, nuclear family I guess I, you know, the conversation will naturally come up the conversation will naturally come up like after sitting you know, relaxing perhaps maybe on the beach then you are like ah, this happened and then okay this happened then I think the parents by then should give a listening ear to whatever the kid has to say right and then that that's, that's an avenue for the parents to even educate the kid like do not succumb to bullying, do not do this, and then whenever someone tries to do this to you, you know, or sexually force something on you, you should be able to say no, let them know your no is no. You know, those kind of conversations can come in naturally. The kid might not even know he's been, um, the kid might not know he's having uh, a mental health conversation with you, but it comes in like family time then. Before you know it, the kid will feel like, okay, next family gathering, I'll tell his dad about this, or I'll tell him about this, and then I can explain myself further. Yeah, I so the more the more you spend um, uh, family, the, the more we have this family time in every uh, home in, the, in our local our local communities, mm-hmm. it will create time and the opportunity for you to open up on things you feel you actually want to be able to talk about. Because if you are being moody over and if you are being moody, then your parents will walk up to you like, oh, we are, everybody's having fun. What's wrong with you? Why not? You know, why why you not feeling relaxed? Yeah, you're right, you're right. So thank you, Mr. Tosin. I I really appreciate your time here and then I'll I'll very much want you on our next episode. Uh, anytime. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh,